This is a Heel Turn Collective production. You cannot counter-program the love, the genuine feeling, the damn revolution that is all elite wrestling. This is one with the undercard, all elite edition. Welcome into another edition of One with the Undercard, the All Elite Edition. For those who don't know, and we talk exclusively AEW on this show. Uh, we're big wrestling fans. If you haven't checked this out yet, please do. Here every single week uh, on Fridays, reviewing Dynamite, and then a special episode for the pay per views for me and my boy Jay Johnson. What's going on, Jay? Hey, Lance, how you doing? You know, um, I'm doing great. You know, we're we're fresh off another episode of Dynamite Plus. Plus, I weeded out a bunch of racists on my Facebook today, so that's fun. Oh, that feels good. That's always It's always good to do that good old purge, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, look, we're not here to talk about Facebook and deleting people and things like that. We're here to talk about All Elite Wrestling, which took place, obviously, June 10th, uh, Wednesday this week. Uh, an interesting note, uh, right off the bat, you know, as we start the show all the time, uh, AEW actually won in the ratings again. But not, it, not it wasn't by much. It was not by much. Uh, AEW had six hundred seventy-seven thousand, where NXT had six hundred seventy-three thousand. So only a margin of four thousand per average. And and Jay, like hearing those numbers, like what do you feel about that? Uh I know that the ratings slipped from last week. Yes, they did. Um, and I wonder if uh, NXT's in your house had anything to do with it. I mean, it, it probably did. Um, obviously, NXT coming off the pay-per-view, they're going to have that little bit of a bump. So that could be, you know, and AEW's, AEW stays between that 675 and 800. You know, they're kind of in that area, which I don't think is a bad audience. But, I mean, wrestling's never going to be what it was when we were kids when they were doing 6, 7 million a week. Yeah. You know, it's just, you're just not going to do that anymore. So uh, I think these are respectable numbers, especially because – NXT is kind of an established brand and AEW it's still in, it's still in its infancy. So the fact that they're drawing more than them and, and it's not, it's not even an established brand just yet. I mean, it is now, but when all this started and they were still, you know, winning in the beginning there, it's just, it, it that to me is exciting as a wrestling fan. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that there's some healthy competition. I think it's keeping both brands, uh, pushing themselves to the next limit. So yeah, to the I, next I level. So. Yeah. So, but AEW does win again. I, I think they've only lost, I think twice since October. So we'll take, they'll take small victories where they can get them. Um, but yeah, so we jump right into dynamite this week. Um, fighter fest. They remind us that fighter fest this year, isn't going to be on pay-per-view. It's actually going to be July 1st and July 8th. So they're breaking it up into like two shows. Jay, how do you feel about Fighter Fest kind of being like just a like a bigger dynamite this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, especially to break it up into into two segments. Why not just have why why not put them on a Saturday? Just put them on one single Saturday, call it Fighter Fest, put it on TNT, make it last for two or three hours. Uh yeah. having two bigger dynamites, I I don't know. 
Yeah, it's it, it's kind of weird, but this is almost, I guess, it would be like if you were referring to WCW, it would be like a clash of the champions, where it was a bigger show on TV, you know, and that's where I think they got the idea from because WCW would always run the clash of the champions between pay per views, like there was like one every quarter or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a show on TBS that, you know, so um, maybe AEW is kind of following that model. In being like, you know, we're already charging, we're already charging 50 bucks for our pay-per-view. So we have to give people shows for free on TNT. We have to give them something to kind of look forward to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get that. I just, and like, I don't know, maybe do it like Bash at the Beach. Yeah. Or, or maybe even make it a, make it a, you know, instead of a, a $50 pay-per-view, make it $25, $20, something like that to where it's it's not as it's not going to be as big as all in it's not going to be as big as uh any of their other pay-per-views but it's still going to be what it is yeah and so i, I mean I, I guess in some aspects i agree with you you know but but i just think that shows like this are kind of cool to kind of break up the monotony of, of just being like well i got to buy this pay-per-view coming up i got to buy this and this so I think it kind of takes a little bit of that away, which is, you know, which is nice. But at the same time, I kind of agree with you uh, when you say that, uh, you know, just put on a pay-per-view for like, you know, 15, 20 bucks like they used to within your house, actually. Um, yeah, I'd pay 20 bucks for Fighter Fest. Yeah, I'd pay $20, you know. And look, uh, I bought I bought Double or Nothing and there was nobody there. And I, I was still entertained by the show. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was anything, you know, grossly wrong with it or anything. We actually covered it here on the cast, but uh, I don't know. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a bittersweet thing for me. I think it's more of a uh, kind of like out of left field for you, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. So, but Jericho comes out um, and he's going to be on commentary this week. And let me just tell you, man, a four man booth. Come on, like. I, I love Jericho on comment on commentary, but if you're going to have him on commentary, then take somebody else out. Yeah. I don't need four commentators. And and he, he left halfway through the show. He did. Um, he did. But, but it was, it was, and I'll admit when he first came out, I groaned. I was like, Oh, <laughs> uh, and like, I, I really enjoyed having Jericho on commentary. Cause I think he's a lot of fun. My wife was watching with me and she actually, my wife is a teacher and she actually uh, said that Chris Jericho reminded her of one of her fourth graders on the playground, just saying, uh, Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson. Uh, yeah. Wow. So there you <laughs> I heard it here first. Uh, my <laughs> wife thinks that uh, my wife thinks that Chris Jericho is a fourth grader. Solid. And, you know, and, and uh, you know, a lot of people might. You know, I wasn't a Jericho fan for a long time, but since he's come to all elite wrestling. I feel like that. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of him now. I'm, I think he's the best wrestler in the company. I think he might even be the best wrestler in the world right now. I mean, maybe not so much for in-ring work, but for character and, and everything else, like a lot of the other intangibles that go into it. Of course. Don't of tell course he's to Seth be Rollins. Him. Yeah. Seth Rollins. But, uh, but anyway, so it's a four man booth. Um, First match of the night, the Butcher and the Blade against FTR. But much to your excitement, probably, Justin Roberts is back. 
Yeah. Oh boy. Big Justin Roberts fan. (laughs) The dapper yapper. (laughs) The dapper yapper. Uh, Me and Jay talk extensively off the air about his love for Justin Roberts. And uh, I got to tell you, man, I I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. I, he's, he's a good, he's a good, you know, stick man, but I don't know. Nobody beats Howard Finkel, right? Well, nobody, nobody can touch the Fink. Obviously, he voiced our childhood. There's, I mean, that's there's very no, true. there's no topping that. I kind of like uh, some of the women that are doing it right now, like that Dasha Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. I, I like when she does it. Like she's really good at it too. So, um, but yeah, so it's FTR and the Butcher and the Blade. Um, FTR remember- shows up in that truck again, baby. Yes, they did. Is that going to be a regular entrance or or what? You know, until but, they get out of Daly's place, probably. Yeah, I mean, honestly, and it was it was kind of funny because I was listening to something. I think they were on with Cornette on yeah. his podcast. Yeah, and they said that uh, they said the weirdest thing. They said they went out there and had a great match, and they came backstage, and Vince told them that they want to be Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard but they're not them. They're just great pro wrestlers. And he meant that as like an insult to them, Oh, you know, because they try to go out there and be Arn and Tully, but they're not, mm-hmm. you know? So hearing stuff like that, like I think that would piss me off something fierce. Absolutely. And I think AEW took note of that because who's sitting in the crowd, but Arn and Tully, they are Arn Tully, Sean Spears, Lance Archer, and Jake, the snake are all there. Uh, looking on but you're right and Arn Anderson was taking notes and look we, the jig is up we know wrestling is kind of staged but um what? it's kind of, yeah I, no breaking news here <laughs> but um I think it was very interesting that you know Arn Anderson sitting there taking notes and stuff so are they going to do something together you know is that something that's going to like happen down the line so it'll be, be an interesting cool. kind of development yeah that would be cool because you kind of take them under their a wing and, 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 you know, so, um, Jericho had the line of, what? Oh, go, ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Jericho had a funny line, um, really early on, uh, actually referring to the tagging for anyone that watches AEW. It's infuriating how they just negate the tag team rules, but they were actually tagging in back and forth. And Jericho said, look, JR, it must be your birthday. They're actually tagging in and out. <laughs> and you I thought that tag was a really- rope. Yeah, using the tag rub too. Look, FTR is the best tag team in the world right now. I don't think anybody's even close. And when they do come up against the Young Bucks, man, it's going to be really interesting. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. What point were you no, trying to make before was, that day? The, the match starts off strong. Jim Cornette is stoked. Uh, oh, anybody yeah. who loves uh, traditional wrestling uh, is really excited. They start out and it's just physical. I will say... Uh, on they posted on Instagram, uh, both uh, uh, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler both posted on Instagram, or it was at least on the AEW Instagram that said uh, that there was uh, there were going to be uh, no none of the following moves, and like I think one of them was somebody going up to the top rope, and what happens? But a superplex followed <laughs> by an elbow drop. So I'm calling you out, FTR. That uh, was it. Was a really solid match. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with that. There was a lot of great tag team wrestling. Um, they were isolating. FTR especially was isolating a lot uh, to their own corner. That's what makes a tag team great when you can isolate somebody, move them into the corner, and then you're just there to tag in and out and just get, keep the fresh man in. Um, Jericho had another funny line about Andy Williams, who is the butcher. Oh, yes. Yes, and he said that uh, he's in a he's a guitarist in a great old big old rock and roll band, and then Jr. mistakenly says he plays bass, and the two argue about it, which is fantastic. Like it's just one of my favorite, just a highlight of the night for me. Uh, listening to fight over a guitar player for the band every time I die. Never thought I'd see it. It's here though. It's, it's here. here though. Um, uh, but I think the Butcher and the Blade were a great compliment they to NPR for their first match. They, look. I don't have any problem with the Butcher and Blade. They're good no. workers. I mean, they just came in weird. The way they brought them in, it was no fanfare, no nothing. It took Excalibur telling everybody who they were mm-hmm. for anybody to kind of get it. So, I don't know. Um, you're right, though. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade had a great, they had a great match here. Um, Dax did do a brain buster on Blade. And and then they did this double team DDT on the butcher, and then that was the uh, before the superplex and the elbow drop. So how the blade kicked out of that is unbelievable to me, right? Yeah, I no, mean, just... that shouldn't have happened. But I it it did set us up for there. Uh, they hit the shatter machine, which is now called the Goodnight Express. Uh huh. Terrible uh, fuck. It terrible was, name. It was. It was a ter- It was terribly executed, if I could be honest. But that's because the butcher is so. I'm sure he's. He's a thick man. He's very hard to pick up. So to, <laughs> look, to hit look, a, okay. a high impact move like that on, on the butchers, it can't be easy. <laughs> Had to get the big fella up and they did just that uh, sloppy or not. They did get him up, but uh, they actually beat him with the stuff Powell driver. Which yeah. Will never get old. and always makes me feel really bad for the person receiving it. Oh, but, uh, I mean, come on. I'm curious I, I, as to whether or not they're going to use that as more of a finisher than the Goodnight Express moving forward. You know, because that's what Arn and Tully used. So they're mm-hmm. they're really that's another connection there. So it's it'll be really interesting to see kind of where this goes and who um, gets the stuff pile driver when they finally wrestle against the Lucha Bros. Exactly, because the Lucha Bros are just they love it. They love those pile drivers so much, you know. Um, but after the match, Shivani gets into the ring. And uh, he's going to interview FTR and they start rambling on. But then the Young Bucks come out, which is the tag team match that everybody's been kind of dying to see since FTR got here a couple of weeks ago. And they realize, wow, we're going to get it. So how did you feel about the Young Bucks kind of um, you know, the promo and, and like the build towards obviously them clashing probably at all out? Uh, it went at an AEW's. It, it went at AEW's snail's pace, and I I appreciate that. It's they are doing a lot of slow builds, and yeah. I'm really appreciating that. They have plenty yeah. of time between their pay per view cycles to really kind of build those stories, uh, and I'm really excited about it. So yeah. uh, they came out, they cut the promo, they introduced themselves, and then all of a sudden, somebody, I what is a butcher and blade comes back in the ring. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, uh, Sabian and, and Jimmy Havoc, Omega and Page, they all hit the ring. And obviously the elite kind of stand on top, you know, taking everybody else out. But uh, as you know, Sabian and Havoc unsuccessfully challenged Omega and Page for the AEW Tag Team Championships. I believe that match was last week. And um, 
so they unsuccess. So obviously they're still kind of building to that. I mean, so it'll be interesting to kind of see what comes from all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the next segment, announced that uh, next week, the Nightmare Collective will be taking on Omega and Page for the tag team titles, which I don't know. The thing that blows my mind the most, though, is that Allie is all of a sudden with QT Marshall. And is which, no longer the bunny. Like, what's with, like, the... Like, what's with that, man? Like, honestly, like, why do people switch characters so willy-nilly like that? It, it, her, both her and Brandy both did it already. Because Brandy was that, that, the thing with Awesome Kong and all that. Oh, that, that got dropped real quick. I know. And it's like, look, I think Brandy's doing fantastic things for that company, but she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be on TV every week. You don't have to try to shove your way on to the screen every single week like you what you do is great i love what she does but like i don't need to see her all the time you know you want to talk about shoving your way onto screen each and every week can we talk about the match that happens next that we've (laughs) seen a hundred times how many times do i have to see chris statlander and hikaru shida take on any combination of penelope ford nyla rose Britt baker and etc etc you know so I mean, you're right. You're dead on with that. Um, obviously, AEW's weak spots would be in the women's division, and this is just a perfect example of that because I feel like every women's match they have had have involved one of these four women. Yeah, one of these four women in the last, like, okay. So if you go to women's matches in the last eight weeks, one of these four women have been on every single episode of of Dynamite so far. Yeah. So. And wrestling in some form of each other, like this, this women's tag team match comprised of four singles wrestlers uh, have made up the women's dynamite card for the last two months. (laughs) Like it's, 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 it's something when you think about it, but Statland to their credit, Statlander and Sheeta actually worked well as a team. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they came together. Statlander was a house of fire in the beginning. Um, Sheeta hits a huge superplex on Rose. I mean, she she got her up there, man, on, on Nyla Rose. And Statlander hits a scissors kick right after that, but Rose kicks out. Which Shades of Booker T. <laughs> I mean, it really called back to that Harlem Heat style. But um was but, really hoping she'd call for the spinner Rooney, but <laughs> and then uh Nyla stacks him up like the old JR phrase, stacks him up like cornwood. And hits a double knee lift to their heads, which just looked unbelievable. No one should have kicked out of that. No, that should have been it. That should have been it. But uh, alas, they did kick out. Um, Rose and Ford go for a double team, but Statlander pulls her off the apron. She hits the Falcon arrow, but Ford kicks out, which was, why would you kill a finisher like that? I don't and like that. Finisher. That is your finisher. Like, Way to just flush it down the toilet, you know, like for me. No, no, absolutely. And then for her to get pinned one, two, three uh, by Ford, I think I think is irresponsible. Yeah. And then I think it potentially sets us up for a match between them at Fighter Fest, but it's irresponsible. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, She hit her. Yeah, she hit Sheeta with the uh, women's title and then pins her after hitting a fisherman suplex, which was it was impressive in itself. But, after uh, the interference from Kip Sabian, mind you. Yes, after after obviously Kip Sabian getting involved. But uh, 
I mean, in the next segment, we have Darby. We have a Darby Allen promo, and he's with Tony Hawk, which I thought was pretty cool. Shout out to Tony Hawk one and two coming out soon. Um, and uh, Darby's trying to come off the ladder with the skateboard, but he bails a bunch. You know, for anyone that watched Double or Nothing, that was the big spot. He came off the ladder with the skateboard and uh, unsuccessfully didn't kill whoever was on the ladder. I forget, but uh, I think it's Brian Cage. Yeah, it was. And uh, so, um, but he finally hits the the trick off the ladder, which was impressive, but I don't know what it, what purpose it served. Do you? No. Uh, it was cool to see Tony Hawk, like as a, as a fan of, as a fan of skateboarding. Uh, it was cool to see Tony Hawk. It was, I, I wish that it would have looked a lot less like uh, him missing that ledge drop like 10 times and then him finally <laughs> sticking it. I would have rather seen him like, do some other stuff, but that's just the like skateboarding skateboarding fan in me. Uh, yeah. But see, seeing Tony Hawk on there is like a novelty. It's cool, um, but like it was, it was okay. Yeah, it was, it was just whatever. But uh, now, I I, I got to tell you, Jay, can, can I make a confession here on the show? Go on. I'm going to make a confession right now. When I first saw Britt Baker, I thought she was no good. I thought that she would be a scourge on the women's division. And I am here telling you on 611, I am completely wrong because her promo from Wednesday night was unbelievable. I thought it was great. Everything she, she has gotten so much better on the mic. Oh, from- it's it's night and day. I'm I'm blown away by Britt Baker. I really am. I'm blown away. Well, that's because she's a role model for you. Look, her pulling the weight behind the wheelchair. Come on. It's hilarious. How is that, how is that not the funniest thing you've seen all day? That's hilarious. That is funny as hell. And she's just, you know, she's working with what she's got. Yeah, she's injured, but she's playing it into a wrestling. And this is what wrestling is, man, at its core. This is what it is right here. I love it. I like that they haven't pulled her from TV. I like that yeah. she's getting some kind of, uh, whether it's a promo or a vignette, something every week that she's getting. I think it's a win. Look, I mean, look who look who her boyfriend is. It's Adam Cole. He's going to be one of the biggest wrestlers of all time. So I'm sure she's been having some coaching up, you know, her and Adam kind of working on it. But, I mean, she's just, this promo was unbelievable. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Yeah. And so, I mean... I got nothing else to say about it. That was uh, that was beautiful, beautiful. Keep that up, Britt Baker. You will slowly creep up as my one of my favorite women in the wrestling world, right? Uh, but then after that, man, we get another plug for these action figures. I will buy zero of these because I don't own any action figures. But uh, it's kind of cool that AEW got a uh, an action figure line so early, though. Yeah, something always the there's always a silver lining and everything. After that, though, we had the inner circle, which consisted of Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager taking on the best friends who are Trent and Chuck Taylor with Orange Cassidy. And right off the bat, Cassidy gets plowed on the ramp, and he's rendered useless. I mean, just classic Orange Cassidy. Well, he can't look like he's trying too hard on the on the apron. You know, he's he's just gonna sit. He's either just gonna sit there for the first seven eight minutes of the match or he can just be injured for the first seven eight minutes of the match and we can forget about him uh and then when he finally gets to tag in then all of a sudden you get the pop (laughs) then all of a sudden you know it's that's just the way yeah but uh 
they take out Trent t- Chuck Taylor um, out on the ramp as well. So Trent is there to fight off all three members of the inner circle. And you know what? He puts up a valiant effort. But I've got to tell you, the real winner in this match was Jericho on the call. He, he just hilarious. I think it's funny as hell when there is an announcer that is so clearly biased, obviously, that it's just it's just hilarious to me when you boo and cheer everyone. You know, I think that's the funniest thing. Jericho is an absolute genius oh, on, on commentary. Like it's, it's like going back to the Statlander match. She's just like uh, he, she uh, she boops pineapple peed on the nose and he's like get that that was pineapple peed get him out of here knock him out <laughs> that's what i'm saying man like it's it's just it's wild stuff man and he just really shines i think mostly in this match you know it was we didn't really hear him for the rest of the night after this but uh it, it was uh you know kudos to jericho he pulled it off really well oh uh, yeah finally chuck taylor gets into the fray and they take out all three members, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. Uh, they do a picture-in-picture in this match, which I think is funny in itself. But you don't have to keep the action going if there's nobody there, right? You know, if yeah. you go to a commercial break, you know. But, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> um, and Jericho actually led him into the picture-in-picture. Picture. Like, he was like, and watch it after this and, and all this stuff. And it was really just gold. It was just gold, man. Like Jericho was wow. Um, Cassidy finally, finally, yeah, yeah Cassidy finally, gets, finally comes in. Yeah, and he cleans house. Of course, he hits the double Hurricane Rana. Did you catch that? That one? was so impressive. When <laughs> when Orange Cassidy, I wish that Orange Cassidy's gimmick didn't just limit him to like two minute and a half, like minute and a half, two minute bursts of energy. Like I would love to see him work a full singles match. Like we got to see him work with pack. Like we talk about pack, not being able a pack should not have uh, played as much defense in that match as he should have. Um, pack should have absolutely squashed orange Cassidy, but I wish that we had more opportunities to see orange Cassidy shine in singles competition. Cause when he turns it up to the, when, when he turns it up to the next level, he's just unstoppable. Yeah. Like it's like he puts his hands in his pockets and he does the, the rolly stuff and it's, it's cool. Like, like I hated it at first as a wrestling tradi- traditionalist because it makes it look fake. That's what sucks about it. Is but like now, to me, pro wrestling isn't real or fake anymore. It's just am I entertained or am I not entertained? Mm-hmm. And Orange Cassidy entertains me. It's just yeah. it's fun to watch. It's just fun. Like, and I crap on Orange Cassidy a lot, but deep down, I think I'm an Orange Cassidy guy. It's hard to hate him. I mean. Especially with that complicated roll-up maneuver he uses for the one, two, three. Uh, so him getting, so him him getting that pin uh, was is, like every time he hits it, I'm just like, what? How does he do that? Can yeah. I do that at home? Uh, and then of course, immediately Hager comes in the ring and just absolutely annihilates him. Jericho leaves commentary. This is where we lose Jericho on comedy, uh, comedy slash commentary comedy. <laughs> for the night. And uh, they bring out a bag of what Excalibur claims to be at least 20 pounds of blood oranges. Okay, so I made a, I made a note that I wanted to mention here. This orange thing in the, in the bag is either, like, it's either cool or, like, goofy as hell. And I don't know which one it is yet. I don't know which one I feel more comfortable describing it to people because he busts him open. 
He's I want to find out if that were, I want to find out if he was blading. Like, <laughs> like because for them to make the blood orange on a bloody orange Cassidy commentary like it's the easy joke, but I'm I'm wondering if that was forced or if that was just natural and uh Excalibur was right there on the call. <laughs> Man, I think we're giving Excalibur all kinds of credit. Look, can I just say something about Excalibur real quick? Go on. I think I think Tom Phillips makes Excalibur sound like Bobby Heenan. God. Oh, if I ever have to listen to Tom Phillips ever again, I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, so um but yeah, so that obviously he comes in and he and he beats him with the oranges. Just unbelievable stuff here, guys. I can't be making this up. Like, he actually beat him with oranges. With at least a 20-pound bag of oranges. A 20-pound bag of oranges, which it's kind of like whenever I the, – the first time I ever saw Triple H blast somebody in the face with a sledgehammer, I said, man, he really got him good. And my dad had to explain to me that if you actually hit somebody in the head with a sledgehammer, they wouldn't be all right. Mm-hmm. And that's when ruin, that's when wrestling got ruined for me, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway <laughs> so anyway i mean that's that's what i'm talking about though so I, I i get that it's not you know i don't know but after this though we get the best part of the show mjf he's always the best part of the show right jay oh my goodness come on now. so good. He, needs, he needs he needs to be in a prominent role in this company every single week he really you know does. like look we all know we all know he's he's a hell of a promo you know, but we haven't seen him be that that chicken shit heel yet that I think is really going to, you know, put him over the top is probably one of the best heels in wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he, he comes out, he cuts the promo on Billy Gunn, mm-hmm. uh, calls out Austin Gunn. Um, boy, was that a, boy, was that just a great way to get heat? <laughs> man, I'll tell you, if there were, if that was a packed house, man, he would have. Boo, because he called him talentless and just really digs his heels in. Oh yeah. Oh so, boy. Oh boy. What and what a we, segment. Huh? And then Billy Gunn starts to react. And uh he's like, oh Wardlow, Wardlow. And so he calls for his he calls for his valet, and his valet comes in and separates them. Whew. Man, what a segment. They need to MJF needs to like be ruling the world right now. I would have made him the TNT champion. I'm, Imagine. I'm ready for I'm ready for him to become TNT champion. Like yeah. I love Cody. I love Cody's uh three week reign now as as TNT champion. Uh I'm excited for him to drop the belt to MJF. Yeah. Let's hope that that's eventually where it goes. But then we get Sammy Guevara against Colt Cabana. Uh, I've been on the record to say that I'm not the biggest Colt Cabana fan. Uh, he's just okay for me. Uh, I think the guy's really smart, and I think he's a an, an average worker. But you know, it's just never really clicked for me. I think mm-hmm. Guevara's a star. I think Sammy Guevara is seriously a star. Oh, absolutely. I, he, he's just that that great heel, you know. And he has a lot of Eddie Guerrero traits and a lot of things that uh, made a lot of guys that were a little smaller like he is. Uh, into real winners. So, I mean, look, I think, and I think he's doing great in the inner and circle. He tossed, he tossed Colt Cabana. Colt, Colt Cabana is no small potato. Yeah. And he, he, you know, he's tossing him around. 
the thing that the thing that bothered me the most about this match is that they had a picture in picture in an eight minute match. Like, can you not time the show better? Or are we just going to do like eight minute, like eight minute, a picture in picture? Like, I don't know. That just, that was weird because that was three minutes of the match was in a split screen. You know, let me ask so, you this. Do you, do you watch picture in picture? No, I fast forward every time. Every time, man, it's unbelievable. It it really is. But no, like um, if this were if this were the '90s before we have you know before we have um, you know DVRs where we mm-hmm. can actually you know where we can fast forward, pause, live pause, do things like that. Uh, picture in picture is great. But yeah. in 2020, where we have uh, where we have live pause, where we have DVR, uh, take picture in picture away. Yeah. I think it's a nice nod to the old school, but. we've moved past it. Yeah. Like I don't, I really don't think anybody's really listening. Like if, or watching, like Mm -hmm. if if you have the picture in picture, but uh, after the art, Sammy wins with the GTH, which I'm assuming is short for go to hell. I would assume, right? I I would guess. Yeah. You know, but uh, that's still a cool name for it. I mean, it's obviously the GTS, the one CM Punk always used, Um, but it's kind of cool here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he picked Cole Caban up and hit him with it. So kudos because obviously he picked a, a bigger dude up and, and got the job done. But uh, after the match, Matt Hardy came out. Uh, he talked about how he reminds him of being a younger Matt Hardy. And he and he should get away from Jericho in the inner circle because, you know, they're not good for him. And Matt Hardy came back as, like, the version one Matt Hardy. And it's always nice to kind of see that. They've been they've been playing with a lot of different versions of Matt Hardy, and it's yeah. it's really fun to see all of the versions of Matt Hardy get used. Whereas in WWE, it's just kind of pigeonholed to one kind of Matt Hardy. Yeah, uh, is they just creative just wasn't ready for it. Yeah, and so I mean that's just so it's kind of cool that Matt, you know, you're kind of seeing all these reincarnations. You know, I'm sure they're not going to go too far into it because. I would assume the E owns that intellectual property. So I don't know. Like, I just don't, I don't know. So, um, but that should be that. Obviously I feel like they're building towards that. Um, as we go into fighter fest, it's probably going to be Guevara and Matt Hardy. I don't think I'm really going on a limb and saying that. Um, and that should be a pretty solid match. Cause obviously Matt Hardy's the worker he is. And Sammy Guevara just continues to impress every single week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Sammy Guevara is a star. Yeah, I, I do think so. Um, uh, but after, it did build Colt Cabana. It did. So it it, it continues did. to build Colt Cabana, who continues to lose and who continues to get uh, invited uh, into the Dark Order, which that guy with the blonde hair and the suit, man, he just looks like he was made to be in a cult. Like, <laughs> he, he plays that part so perfectly. Like, he looks like he has just spent most of his life uh, between cults <laughs> that's always like on his resume yeah you know, what did you do from 99 to 2000 oh, i was in a cult um which I one here and I worked, yeah well i i was here for a couple of months it didn't really work out uh so we moved over here you know? so damn dog um but yeah so you, you have this like kind of cool little tease dark order Colt cabana is he going to join is he not going to join we actually get some uh, more action on that later on in the night, uh, but we'll get there. Uh, next, we have Joey Janela, you know, kind of sitting in a bar and asking why he fell off the map after having the matches with Moxley before kind of everybody else was. 
and Sonny Kiss actually comes in and and they leave together. So that's some kind of storyline that's brewing. It's kind of nice to see both of these getting a uh, getting some TV time, you know, because they don't really get a lot. Yeah, no, I I I'm really hopeful for a a fun tag team run with Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. I think yeah. they could be really fun. Absolutely. So it'll be cool to kind of see if they form a team, uh, you know, and, and they go after. Uh, the tag team championships. Uh, they announced the matches for next week's dynamite, which are all great. Um, they're very, very predictable though. As I'm reading down these matches, Jay, in your mind, you can just picture who's going to win these bad boys, MJF and Billy Gunn. You know, obviously Billy Gunn is not going to beat MJF. And he, if he does, if he does, it's a waste of, it's a waste of time. Like I, I, whatever. Uh, Page and Omega against the Natural Nightmares, QT Marshall, and uh, Dustin Rhodes. So, obviously, Page and Omega, I'm telling you, best friends are taking them titles. So, until they face the best friends, I don't think they're going to lose the titles, especially to the Natural Nightmares. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, though. You know, QT Marshall, he's got, he's got Allie on his side. Anything's possible. Yeah, anything is possible. Uh, speaking of that tag team title match, uh, between the best friends and Page and Omega, they're, the best friends are actually going to wrestle Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Stipulation, if Jericho and Guevara win, they are now inserted into the tag team title match at Fighter Fest. How do you feel about that? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's still, I think it's, uh, I still think the best friends walk into Fighter Fest. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, for reasons that I've already said, because they're going to be the team that takes the belts off of them. And mark my words, that's what's going to happen, I'm telling you. Um, and then we have uh, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. They're going to go up against the Young Bucks next week, which... Uh, I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. <laughs> Seems like Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc are on the right side of the bed right now. You know, uh, something's going on there, and, and people are digging it. So, look, I, I think the Young Bucks have to be... You, the Young Bucks and FTR cannot lose until they clash. No. Like they, neither team can lose. Yeah. You know, because you're just going to lose all this momentum, but you have these teams that are just winning and winning and winning when they do face each other. It's going to be just make it that much bigger. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, then we have Moxley cutting a promo. Um, and then soon just a brawl breaks out between him and, and the challenger at fighter fest, Brian cage, who's really been growing on me. You know, at first, when you first look at him, you're like, uh, Oh man, this guy's just another, muscle headed dude, but, but he looks like he can, he's pretty quick for his size. And it'll be interesting to kind of see how his, uh, how his brand goes with Moxley. He looks like he's unable to fit into literally any t-shirt. Oh yeah. I mean, which is why he comes out with the jeans and the, and the no shirt. I don't know. I don't know what those, I don't don't know what those shoes were, but they were, they were something. All right. Yeah. And then, (laughs) you know, he's got no shirt because, well, he can't fit into his shirt. And also I'm trying to figure out what happened to the rest of his facial hair. (laughs) <laughs> he's got those sideburns that just kind of like come up to his eye. They like Poor make it, they make man. like the U shape up to his eye. I don't get it. I like, is that the joke? Am I, am I missing something? No, I don't think so. I think that just look, he's Brian cage. He could rip both of us in half. So I don't think it's our place to be making fun of the man's facial hair. I'll, I'll tell it to his face. Okay. Well, that's good. But do you think there's any shot? Well, you know what? We don't want to give away our picks yet for fighter fest because i'm sure we're going to be doing predictions and things like that so save I'm just glad this match is happening at fighter fest i'll yes. say that yeah so it's not having it double or nothing or one of the big 
uh, pay-per-views down the line. Uh, and then the main event, you have the TV title, Cody against Mark Quinn. Uh, did I say TV title? The TNT title. My thing. bad. I love the television title. I wish they would have called it that. But um, Quinn does a really good job through this whole match of selling the bad wheel that he suffered a couple of weeks ago that we thought it was actually going to have a missed time. He did a really good job selling that early on. So, I mean, hey, yeah. man, kudos. Um, there were some parts where it got a little – he got a little too froggy, but – the uh, one the thing most- I didn't like about it is that he was unable to change his style. Uh, M- Mark Quinn has a single speed, uh, and that is top rope high spot offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't he can't slow it down against Cody. He can't um, he can't take it to another gear. He can't shift to another dimension against Cody. He just has to stick to his high flying spots. Yeah, I mean that's and that's. That's a shame. And uh, I actually read a good friend of mine, um, John. Uh, he writes for this website, and I was reading a little bit about how he thought, on paper, this just isn't an interesting main event. Like Mark mm-hmm. Quinn is fine. You know, Private Party is fine. I like them as a team. But as far as like this being a main event, like, like three weeks ago, we hadn't seen Private Party in six months. It feels like. Yeah. And now all of a sudden he's going to be challenging Cody. It's matches like this where you're like, what's the point if you know who's going to win? You know, you got to suspend disbelief here and there. Um, Which is why, like, after the match, Cody obviously wins. I like that Hager comes out for the challenge. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting dynamic, too. Yeah. Because that has belief suspended for me at least a little bit. Now, do I think that Hager can take another loss? No. Uh, no, I think it continues to ruin Hager as a monster. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. Um, a couple of notes I did have about the match in general. Um, Quinn has a beautiful shooting star press. Just a oh beautiful, gosh. just, it's just beautiful. But Cody catches him in the ankle. Like, I thought that was a cool counter. That was a really um, fun to see the submission ending. Yeah. I was like, okay, you know, that, that works. Obviously Quinn had a 450 out to the ramp. Uh, that looked devastating. That looked that that hurt me. I was yeah, sitting, I was, was laying on my couch and I felt the impact on my own stomach and I was like, yeah, Ooh. yeah. I did not like it's. It, but you're right though. There's one speed and that speed is just you know what I mean go 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 go. Um. So I to me on paper this isn't an interesting main event. I think Cody and Hager at Fighter Fest. I think that is interesting, although I, I agree with you. Hager cannot afford another loss. You need to put the belt on him if you're going to challenge him. And also, like, I'm not sure if I'm ready for Hager to be the TNT champion. Yeah, I don't I, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Like it's it'll be interesting to kind of see how they book it and build up to it and everything like that. So I mean that's all we can do, I guess, is wait and see, right? Yeah. But but yeah, I mean that's that wraps up Dynamite for this week. Um, please make sure uh, when you're checking out this show, check out all the other shows um, that we, that we got going on. But before we get out of here, Jay, do you have anything to kind of close up this week of Dynamite? Uh, I thought it was a nice nod in the main event. Um, I thought it was a nice nod to see uh, Mark Quinn come out. He has the Black Lives Matter arm uh, armband. Uh, Brandy comes out, uh, Cody comes out as well, uh, supporting, uh, 
shirt with a rainbow on it in support of Pride Month. Uh, I thought it was a nice touch for AEW for all, um, especially in light of what's going on uh, in the yeah, world. Absolutely. So it's really cool to see, you know, people making a stand, and and that's why we didn't post the episode last week because we were we felt like it wasn't right because there's bigger issues in the world, and it's really cool to see uh, people unafraid to uh, go ahead and show that on their sleeve, so to speak. So, but yeah. Um, we're going into Fighter Fest here. Obviously, we talked about it earlier. Fighter Fest, July 1st to the 8th. Me and Jay will be here every single Friday bringing you the reviews of Dynamite. And then when there's a pay-per-view, you might even get a special episode where we review that. Make sure you check out the other shows on the Heel Turn Collective kind of radio network. Uh, we have Word Up or Bird Up, or me and Jordan Dukes just go over a bunch of random stuff and give it the Word Up or the Bird Up. Uh, and we have the Heel Turn Collective podcast where me and our friend Shane uh, really do all kinds of just nonsense stuff. So make sure you're checking those out uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're ranking us high or low. You know, there's no way for us to know if, if you hate it, you know, without telling us that we're a bunch of fools. Um, check us out on Facebook. Make sure you give that a like. And uh, check me out at Collective Heal on Twitter. Uh, I love Twitter. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. Jay, on the other hand, doesn't even have a Twitter account. Mm, get me away from that. Get me away from that, he says. But yeah, check us out on any of those platforms. But make sure you just stay, you just stay notified every single week. We got shows on Sunday, Tuesday, and Friday, and we cover all kinds of spectrum of things. And uh, I'm Lance. He's Jay. And uh, yep, for one more week, we'll see you guys next week. Be well. Take care of each other. Black Lives Matter.